welcome to another episode of Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Chloe Skye. And I'm Sarah Gorski. And today I got a broad for y'all. It was actually interesting in preparing for this episode. I didn't mean to actually stumble into this area because I was fascinated in young broads, like people who've accomplished a lot of things by a very young age, which unfortunately led me in a spiral because it was they've accomplished things at a young age because they died at a young age. And I was like, ooh, this is, this is, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. It's like, when I looked up tiny coffins because I wanted to put them in gift baskets. Oh my gosh. Oh, How I did was, you not think? I didn't think Why that. would you ever Google it, tiny coffins? Look, it was, I'm, I like party favors, you know? Like that's what I thought was going to come up. I don't think anybody wants a tiny coffin as a party favor. The point is... Listen, if you were throwing a vampire party, you would want tiny coffins. I oh, understand you know, what Jupiter's throwing right. down. You're right. You. That's fair enough. But like, but but I wouldn't Google tiny coffins. You know what? I wouldn't suggest it. I would Google. I would Google like mini vampire toy houses. miniatures. <laughs> There you Try go. to get as far away from yeah. it as you Small can. vampire beds. I bet SEO is going to fuck you up. All right. <laughs> okay, well, as we're talking about looking shit up, if you look up today, and I actually did this today, and maybe when you listen to this in the near future, you will type in the words Aaliyah. And right now, two big things pop up. One, how her music will soon be streaming. And two... How her illegal marriage with R. Kelly will be used as evidence in his sex trafficking trial. Ooh. So I literally was like, yeah, Aaliyah did accomplish a lot at a young age. Let me look her up real quick. And now she's still accomplishing shit after she's dead. Exactly. It hit me. I was like, how are you going to be breaking the news in two different ways at the same time after you have been dead for two decades. Talk about fucking influence, right? So even though this is like, these are the hot, juicy topics, and, and both of these things are monumentous for, for many reasons and intertwined in ways that I was not prepared to discover, because yes, I did do some research, and yes, I do have some tea, but I do want to spend most of the episode talking about the things that she accomplished and not just like the hot trash dumpster trauma <laughs> drama that is unfolding online, because she had a reach and an influence that continues to affect our society today and had her life not been here in our timeline shit would be different i also cannot believe i started talking about vampires and i didn't know this episode was about alia i know right (laughs) when you said that i was like synchronicity Synchronicity. i'm syncing up me and jupiter are synced right now yes exactly (laughs) okay so i think this would be a good time to talk about it before we jump in because I have a personal experience with Leah, but I did not know all the things that I knew before doing my research. So I hope I share some information with y'all that you don't know. But what do you two know about Aaliyah? I know literally nothing except that she was in Queen of the Damned and she was amazing, which is like she's this hot vampire queen. Yes. And then I also know that she tragically dies in a plane crash. But that's like all, and I knew she was a singer, but I don't think I've heard her music. So that's like all I know. Right. Okay. And I think that's what, that's what most people know. Honestly, that's what most people know is it's like Queen of the Damned and then she died in a plane crash. Right. Yeah. And I I know like this vague story about some Hollywood directors and producers who were like poised to make her the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Like she was about to be like one of the biggest stars in the world. Right. When she died. Correct. 
Correct. Okay, good. Okay, so we got some we got some trickles in, trickles in. I'll throw a little bit of my previous knowledge in there as well. When I was growing up on a rock in the middle of the ocean, I got my experience of what was really happening in the the big world, the mainland out there and quote from TV. And so I remember not supposed to having be watching MTV and VH1, but when Aaliyah started coming on, I was like, I don't give a fuck i'm gonna break the rules because for the first time (laughs) i was like yo i resonate with this person on tv because a lot of times i saw white girls and then i saw black girls but i as someone who was mixed race and then also in a very specific multicultural influenced by like asian and polynesian i was like i'm just so weird and different i don't subscribe to one thing and i saw that in her like in the way that she dressed she always had these baggy pants on and she wore glasses and crop tops and it was i think my first exposure to somebody who blatantly just like did not conform to gender in the way that she was supposed to end quote And everyone loved her for it. She wasn't, like, weird or, like, why are you dressing like a boy? It was like, no, she's hot. And I was like, fuck yeah, she is. But that was pretty much it. It's like I knew her music. I just thought she was another artist, like, another pop star. I had no idea her impacts on pop culture and society and how far her reach would be today. So let me fill you in on what I had found out. Let's start from the top. Aaliyah is born in Brooklyn, raised in Detroit. Motor City. Right, okay. So I'm like, of course you'd bomb. Look where you came from, she's girl. Detroiter. Shit. So she's born in 1979. Her mother, and bear with me because I'm gonna, I'm dropping the name. She has so many people in her family, so many people in her network. I mean, she's a huge person, but the people that I'm going to bring to your attention are people who are important for the story. So just bear with me. Her dad, he he went to work and mom stayed home and like raised the kids. Uh, she was also a vocalist and her her brother so Aaliyah's uncle his name is Barry Hankerson and he was an entertainment lawyer married to Gladys Knight do y'all know who Gladys Knight Whoa. is it Gladys uh, Knight yeah. Gladys 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 Absolutely. okay so it's a useful connection to you have you fucking telling me right <laughs> He's, and he's an entertainment lawyer. That's uh-huh. also very important. Oh, yeah. Because at this time, he's just an entertainment lawyer. Not just an entertainment lawyer. Like, that's, that's, that's like a big feed, and like it takes a lot, and it's you know you can do a lot of shit with that. She it's got like, some business connects, that's She for got sure. some business connects, okay? So Aaliyah starts traveling with Gladys, and she starts booking at 10 years old. Whoa. She starts booking at 10 years old. She's on Family Matters. Which at the time is fucking huge because Family oh, yeah, Matters is one of the only Dude, I watched Family Matters. Right. I did too. It was huge. It was everywhere and it was a really important like for representation. And for her to be ten years old and to be booking on national TV, freaking huge. So she was also on Star Search, by the way, which is just like, you know, let you know she's gonna be talented. Right. She 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 mm-hmm. gonna be she gonna be mm-hmm. out there. And then by 11, she started auditioning for labels and started doing concerts with Auntie Gladys. So she would be touring around with her. At 11 years old, she is performing with, like, opening for and alongside Gladys Knight. I should have just said she's, like, she's retired. She's retired now that she's performing with Gladys Knight. The end. That's not true. Actually, she's still going to school. That's where the story leads is she's 11 and she is touring and she has been on television, but she is still going to school and she's going to school in Detroit. She was not very popular. She, in fact, got picked on a little bit 
she was very short in stature and was different. It wasn't just like a front the way that we saw her later. She was always unique and she was always different. But what I thought was interesting in like through all my research is she said most people weren't awkward and the people who did make it a fuss, she didn't pay them any mind. And I think as someone who is a child (laughs) to have that mindset and to live under like that pressure of what you are and like recognize what you're becoming uh, is pretty fucking great. She was quoted to say that the most important thing is to think highly of yourself because if you don't, then no one else will. Oh, I love that. That's her response to to being, you know, because this isn't like like social media now. Like you can be a thirteen year old and have you know twelve million fans on your phone. Like that that's like a common thing. Like back then, like her fame and her level, I don't can't even imagine who would she turn to. There's no hashtag to be like child influencer. How do I deal? Like and for her to do it so composed. By the way, also if she she was going to school. It was she was going to school to very. Uh, it was like the Detroit arts performing program and in order to get into that program she auditioned with ave maria in uh, all italian you know and right. she she got of course. in it probably had nothing to do with her aunt no. this night <laughs> right. I'm like um, you gonna get in anyway so you make sure you blow them out of the water so they know you earned your spot right uh but she did she did and while she was performing she kept a 4.0 gpa So she was in school full-time, and she was an advanced student full-time, and she was also doing these things, changing the motherfucking world. Uh, And so this is kind of where it starts to to change over, but this is also the part that I have a little bit of emotional distress. So I'm going to put this claim disclaimer out right here. Uh, I, I really didn't want to talk about R. Kelly. I really didn't want to talk about R. Kelly at all, but he is so intertwined with this part of the story and several others that it is challenging not to. So I'm going to keep it brief while also trying to be genuine to the story of her and her life. Coolio, get the stretch. We don't have right. to. We don't have to dwell on him. We know he was a part of. Exactly. We know he's there, but it's just like some of the shit. I'm just like motherfuck, which I will <laughs> tune you in on. All right, so. She's doing her thing. She has her audition. She has school. She's on TV. And then at 12 years old, after she had auditioned for different labels, they weren't really satisfied with the direction that they wanted to take her in. So Uncle Hank creates a label called Black Ground Records. And he partners with a distribution company called Jive. And it is then at that time where he's like, fuck it, we're going to do it. Like, we're going to do it. We're going to create our own thing. So they create their own label. And it is at this time where Uncle Hank introduces Aaliyah to R. Kelly, who mentors her. He then becomes a lead songwriter and produces her debut album called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And how old is she? 14 years old. Ah, 14 years old. all over everything. And he is a grown-ass man. We can just say he's a fucking predator. He is. Yeah. He is. And it, it, this album sold so many cops. So she's she, she's 14. She releases this solo label. It, it does really well. It, it charts at 24 on its opening weekend. It sells over 74,000 copies in its opening week. And over the course of its run, it reaches a height of 18 on Billboard and sells 3 million 
copies and everyone's like who the fuck is this what is going on what is the tea and now this 14 year old girl has now elevated what was before this a non-existent record label didn't exist at all this is this is the first shit and R. Yeah. Kelly, who at the time was in cahoots working with Uncle Hank. That's why Uncle Hank connected them together, because Uncle Hank was also representing and working with and creating with R. Kelly at the time. He was, like, with, working with R. Kelly at the same, like, the same time he was working with Aaliyah, and then he had to work together? Yeah, like, he, when they decided to do the album, he knew R. Kelly from being an entertainment lawyer and from knowing what R. Kelly was doing and producing and that R. Kelly was on his his, his come up and his rise. He was curating mm. their careers, like, side by side. It, he was heavily influenced in both sides of it. Which sense. is, ugh, when you look at everything that unfolds, it's like, oh, you in no? Two years later, it's time to make her second album. By the way, she's still in school. Um, And she gets to make music with, at the time, they were pretty unknown producers who were very nervous to take on her project because, A, she had just came up and blown up out of nowhere and they were like, oh my gosh, she's super famous. We think she might be a diva. And also, her first album did so well. No one knows who we are. What if we fail mm-hmm. and she's gonna be a diva mm. she's gonna be really mad at us and we are gonna ruin her career and then our careers are gonna be over and it's all in the hands of this teenager and these two producers were missy elliott and timbaland oh god <laughs> damn so god. it did really really well <laughs> uh-huh. you buried the lead there you got me i was like who are these producers <laughs> oh my Yo. god when I read that, I was like, because when you think about Missy Elliott, you think about Missy Elliott in the way of how iconic she was and Timbaland in the way of like he, how many people he birthed. But they would not have existed if not for Aaliyah, which happened when she was a teenager, which happened while she was in school in her high school for performing arts. It's like, you better give her A pluses, bitch. She's literally changing the game in the industry right now. So, yeah. And and so things were going really well for her. She's starting to act now. She gets to be in a TV series. She's starting to do some charity work. She's doing charity concerts. And then she starts tapping into fashion because of her particular way that she presents herself. She ended up wearing uh, Tommy Hilfiger jeans in an advertisement and proceeded to make them completely sell out. And they had to order more <laughs> and they sold out again. They just did not anticipate the the activations that she was going to give them. It was completely out of out of the ordinary and she was just rising and ballooning and ballooning and ballooning. And then she started doing movies. So she was in Romeo Must Die. She was very interesting to to her specifically the interviews because of her stardom in the music world. They wanted to know how she was going to handle the transition to, you know, the big screen and the way that she talked about how she handled the the media is ways that people are telling you to detox from the media now. She's essentially like talking about like doing a detox and not paying attention to the comments and staying within her artistry and creating and only allowing people to give her the information that is necessary, which is something that influencers today practice with their management teams. And it's so amazing mm. how she was kind of like figuring out how to do that and handle these levels of superstardom and what people have to say. It's like, oh yeah, you think you're a singer can you act though uh, well uh, yes so she does <laughs> queen of the damned and queen of the damned comes out i swear i it was so revolutionary for me because i didn't know black people could be vampires like, you hadn't seen blade 
No, I haven't seen Blade. I ah, haven't damn, seen Blade. Blade is the shit. Blade's great. I Wesley mean, there's black vampires in it, right? Okay. Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes man. Vampire who kills Wesley vampires. Well, maybe it's because like she also had a vagina that I felt like specifically oh, connected for sure. to for her. Sure. I was like, oh wait, I can be a vampire too. <laughs> maybe that was it. But also maybe it was me being like, I'm a lesbian and I don't know yet. <laughs> It's all very sexy. I gotta add it to my list. I'm here for sexy. I'm here for sexy, which she very much was in this movie, which I think it was, that was also revolutionary because it was contrast to how she typically dressed in her normal life, which I also thought was very interesting. You know, like she dressed up as this sexy vampire with these like push-up spirally bras thing and wearing all this makeup and being vicious and she's killing it. But in real life, she's this like, super nice, really kind, I'm in baggy jeans, kicking back, telling you to love your body, short, like. Would you like liken her at all to like Zendaya? Like right now, I mean, like what yes. Uzena is now. Yes, absolutely. This is great. I, I love a this. A mixed race singer slash performer who's amazing and breaking boundaries. Yeah, like don't Photoshop my shit. Absolutely. So and she also is- happens to be like drop dead gorgeous. So when they do put her in like sexy outfits, she like right. looks right. amazing, but she doesn't usually seem to like dress that way. Correct. Exactly. That is that is a perfect segue because the next thing that I wanted to talk about before I get into the hot spicy tea, which I know everyone wants, her influences and the people that she influenced. So at her time, because I think this is so amazing because of her reach, I, I, I wanted to know who influenced her. And so I pulled up different articles and I looked at um, her influences, she says, are Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, in Vogue, Sade, which I think are very like, okay, that makes sense. Like that makes a lot of sense. And these are also like epic artists and creators, you know, in their Mm -hmm. own right. Um, But she also says that she got heavily influenced by Nine Inch Nails and Korn and Barbara Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> thought I sensed yeah. a, a dark vibe to her. Yeah, yeah, you know, she oh, she wore black a lot, and she said that she's like, it, like I like that too. She wore black jeans, and she wore black shirts, and she wore black sunglasses, and like a black beanie in the middle of the hot day in a crop top, and it was like, this is my style. And this was vibes. Like she was fucking revolutionary in that ways and I mean and and when you think about the magnitude of these people like and I won't go into exactly how but I did do the research because I'm like shut the fuck up because it's like Beyonce Brandy Britney Spears Adele but I'm like okay but how did she inspire Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and when I did research it was because the way that she produced music and when age ain't nothing but a number came out it was like holy shit it was proof that 14 year olds could hold it down that a solo female you don't need to be in a group artists could hold it down and they said well let's do that for white girls <laughs> and Britney Spears <laughs> and Christina Aguilera <laughs> came out and you know then it then it made roads for like people like Avril Lavigne and Jojo and things like that so yeah I sense. mean she influenced the hell of a lot Drake has a fucking tattoo of Aaliyah on his back like Solange Knowles says she idolizes her. Brandy said she was Monica and I's inspiration. And that Brandy Monica thing back in the day, like that was fucking revolutionary for black girls everywhere as well. Look, we like we all know how powerful the media is. And so the fact that she influenced so many creators through her artistry means that she is everywhere and through everyone. And I'm just so grateful to exist in a world where I get to infuse myself with creators who are infused by her greatness at a time where she was like breathing air on the planet. It's amazing. So shouts out to Elise and her life and her legacy and for shaping pop culture. Now I'm going to briefly 
do bullet points of the hot spicy tea and the things that are in the news and the media right now. Wait, are you going to talk about the plane crash? I include that in the hot spicy tea Oh, I see, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Like the things that everyone actually wants to know and talks about. Am I incorrect in thinking that Queen of the Damned came out after she died? No, you're not. So she shot the whole movie. So that's one of the things is when she passed away, there was so much media out there. That's why when people are saying she was about to blow up, it was no joke. She had many unfinished movies. She was supposed to be in Honey. She was supposed to be in a Whitney Houston remake of Sparkle or like a remake of a movie and Whitney was producing and putting it on. And you know how Whitney put Brandy in Cinderella and how that was. That was also, not that that role, but how Whitney did that with Brandy. Like that was what Winnie mm. wanted to do mm-hmm. with so she filmed all the scenes for Queen of the Damned but they were several movies several TV shows and several albums and many many unreleased music that did not get to come out or be released and the ones that did there was so much controversy around it because no one knew exactly who owned the rights to this or that and even when people did know who owned the rights it was some fuck shit because let's go back to the top her fucking uncle who allowed her to work with a child predator (laughs) and so a lot of her fans were like we're not listening to that music anymore we're not listening Mm. to that music because if you listen to her first album the money goes to r kelly like the money goes to r kelly and the money goes to her uncle so the fandom was like fuck that shit let's not listen to those albums anymore and so much of her later stuff the more iconic stuff has not been available streaming because it has been hoarded by her uncle who did so who his lawsuits have been filed against him from timbaland from artists like jojo who he tried to kind of do what he did with um with Aaliyah with Jojo like Jojo was 12 when she signed on with him and he shelved her fucking albums too and what's so interesting is I knew about Jojo's albums getting shelved but I didn't know that the same guy who shelved her albums was also hoarding the music of all of these other artists and that's kind of what there's a big thing that's going on in the industry right now because there's all of these really influential creators who are upset because for the first time ever their songs that literally led movements in like the late 90s early 2000s are now being released for the first time but it is unclear as to who is actually going to get those royalties because he started a new company called black ground like 2.0 like legitimately it's like it's like the artist formerly known as prince like you're not trying to cover shit but anyway we just skip over um kind of the hot spicy tea which is the important part so i kind of gave you her artistry side so i'm gonna fill it in briefly with her personal side uh which is just it's just so tragic and i think people talk about it way too much but it it fills it all in and it helps everything sort of make sense and like the intensity behind the fandom and why they're so pissed off right now when she was making music with R. Kelly, they falsified information about how old she was. She was 15 at the time. They lied and said she was 18 so that they could get married. And they did. Mm. So it was a child marriage that happened here in America, not in some backdoor backwoods little known town, but literally to one of the recently. biggest pop stars. Yes. To one of the biggest, most iconic people of our lifetime. It happened to her while she was in the spotlight. And people knew. Is there a sense that she, like, was she forced into it or did she want it? No, I mean, the way that people talked about it is it's like it was she, like, it was her mentor during her debut album. So they would do literally everything together. And that's why people said they didn't really know. And it was like a friendship and things like that. But it was later. But also, if you're 15 or 14, like, Mm -hmm. 
You don't know what you're signing you don't, up you don't, for. You don't know. And you're in this. I mean, like, you have to think about the industry she was in and the place that she was in, the way we know. We and, know. And you think, like, did you watch the, the Michael Jackson documentary? It goes into, like, how any of these child predators, they really make these kids feel special and loved in yeah. a way that they don't understand. And right. then it's just like, at a certain point, they're like, okay, I'm done with you. Bye. Mm-hmm. And. They don't even have time to process that it was an abusive relationship right. until they're adults. Right. Well, in this case, she was the one that was like, because she was receiving a lot of pressure. People saw her walking his dog and they were asking questions like, what kind of relationship are you in? We heard you guys are married. And she's like, oh, don't believe that. That's not true. That's just propaganda. But what was happening is like she started getting pressure and her family found out it was true. Like, OK, like legitimately we did. We falsified records and we did this. And so because she had to get it annulled officially, then people were paying attention. And so. So then it was like, holy shit. But then people kind of just swept it under the rug. Like, no one made it a big deal. He obviously didn't go to jail then. And they people said, like, an eyewitness said, like, we saw him having sex with her on his tour bus. But there was never, and there were moments where it was, like, later on, like, recounts of people being like, she wanted to tell me and she was trying to tell me. And they're saying things today. Like, now that I see the Me Too movement, it's reminding me of things that Aaliyah told me like I hear the same dialogue and I feel like damn she was really trying to tell me she was in a situation and like she couldn't like she she tried but the people didn't listen and there was so much money Mm. there was so much growth and it's just so unfortunate because she was a child she was she was a child and he was a powerful industry person and he had power over her in all these situations the the abusers are people with power and so the person that yeah doesn't have yeah. the power feels like they can't do anything they right? wouldn't get away with the abuse if they didn't have something to offer you correct and you have to think like he did produce her debut album so he you know the conversation of like you know usually people, when people are like you'd be nothing without me it's bullshit right and you don't have like 30 million albums to to be like but what about this you know so yeah Anyway, she did call off the marriage. It kind of fizzled out. He started abusing other girls. She had a huge career. And at the time of her death, she was actually, um, she was engaged officially, unofficially, kind of like how she was officially, unofficially married to R. Kelly, to Rockefeller Records, uh, to a guy named Dash, Damon Dash. And um, it was two weeks before her death that she visited him in his summer house, which he shared with Jay-Z. Just to let you know how this girl was How hooked up she was. Just to let you know. Um, And then it was on August 25th, 2001. And this is sort of like a date, which I think is kind of weird and sick that they, and when I say they, I mean her estate and the record labels tend to do big press releases and releases around her birthday and her death day, which I think is why she's in the media now Mm. because she died on August 25th in 2001. While she was filming a music video for Rock the Boat in the Bahamas, which came out. Like, that's the thing. is like, this music video came out and so many of her other projects did came out, po- come out post her death. Um, now, what happened, and there's, there's, like, a lot of controversy about this. This is one of the parts that people, like, oh, I don't know, is it sketch? Did they try to kill her? From everything that I've, I have found, as much as I could possibly consume about it, is she wanted to get back to the States early. And they had filmed and they wrapped early. So the flight that they chartered, that plane wasn't there. And that plane was equipped to carry all of them. Because they wanted to leave a day early and because she's fucking Aaliyah, they got another plane. But it was a smaller plane. And that smaller plane was 700 pounds 
overweight and one person plus the maximum load but apparently allegedly they were pressuring them to fly because they wanted to go back home to the states and the plane took off and at the end of the mat it it crashed on the runway with just like 20 feet left and Aaliyah and eight others who were in the plane were killed so everybody in the plane was killed Aaliyah was killed the pilot was killed all the member, her stylist, her makeup artist, everyone who was there on her team to do the music video, they all died. That's so insane. Why would you go on well, a plane? Why would you over? Uh. Exactly. So this is why there's like a lot of things. There's so much surrounding it. And it's so saturated. But there have been conflicting stories of like there's alcohol and cocaine found in the pilot system. They actually falsified their records and were not supposed to fly. There's also people who said that Aaliyah had been drugged and she was incapacitated when she was taken onto the plane. So why was there such an urgency to leave? Perhaps she wasn't feeling so well or perhaps something was happening to her and people didn't really want anyone to know. They just wanted to go and get it taken care of because they were in the Bahamas let's get back to the states Mm. there's so many different conflicting stories about what happened and why it happened but we all know that at the time that it happened she was at this like cusping point this crescent right she's about to become the biggest thing I mean the biggest thing I mean, I I have no idea. Like, a lot of people say there's dark things involved and that she was reaching such a level of stardom that she was starting to walk away from her records and her labels and she was going to, like, start talking about, like, the truth of, like, what had happened to her. And it's, like, just, like, eliminate that. Other people say it was just, like, this massive tragedy. But a lot of people think, like, not an even greater tragedy, but the tragedy continues because her music was suppressed for so long and her message wasn't allowed to get out. And nowadays, when you type in her name on the internet, it's not like amazing young prodigy yeah, like who shaped an industry and who shaped industry like movers and shakers. Like she is known for like the kid, the most famous kid that R. Kelly assaulted or like who has the money, who's getting the money from her music. Like her fans have to squabble over, do I want to listen to this? Like her CDs online, because it's these songs and you can actually hear them, they go for so much money because her fucking uncle is still hoarding it. Well, up to right now. So as I said, I wanted to spend a lot of the time on this podcast being like, yo, I just was like, yo, she's wearing baggy pants. That's cool. I like baggy pants, you know, by baby gender non-conforming early ways. And I liked her music, you know, and I know y'all was like, I know some of her music, but if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, wow. And you'll be able to listen to like in what she created and how that influenced so much of what we hear today. She's super epic. If you want to look up the stuff that's happening in the media, that's fine. But make sure you look up her entire story. Because I think that, I mean, she's doing so much. I wish she could have been around for many more decades. But in a way, I don't think she's ever not going to have an influence. You're that's probably Aaliyah. right about that. That's Aaliyah. Wow. I wonder if any of that's going to change, like, is all the legal shit around R. Kelly? That's still going on, isn't it? Well, that, yeah, that's still going on. So that's what, like, literally, like, a day ago, it was like, we are using this illegal marriage to use in his sex assault cases so she's literally like having an influence in the judicial system right now but i just wonder (laughs) if like the rights and the the profits and stuff i wonder if any of that might change like i wonder if a judge might say you can't profit off that shit no more like that would be like the best version of how things could go with that right well we'll see for now for now it is not the case it is not the case so 
Ugh. Her estate is not happy. Like, her estate isn't saying things, but they're saying we don't have any control over that. We have her likeness, and they have rights over other intellectual properties, but they are very unhappy with the way that things are going with her music, which, but they can't say exactly what it is, which lends me to believe, like, they're not getting nearly what is fair. And her uncle, who has been sued by many big industry artists, is probably on some fuck shit. Well, there's we'll probably see. like a ton of reasons legally there that people can't say shit. There's probably a bunch of NDAs and all that shit. Yeah, but the list of new music that is being released from him, like, I say new music, but it's, like, some of the stuff was, like, when these artists were 12 years old, and they're, like, in their 20s now. Like, he's hoarded this for a long time, I think because he kind of saw where the industry was going. As an entertainment lawyer, he's like, I can hold on to this and make way more money later. So it's pretty disgusting. He sounds like a piece of shit. I mean, he's the douche of the week, for sure. So fuck him. We love Aaliyah. And and if he's that, like, I don't know. I'm out of patience for people who, like are around when people are being predators and like who could like you couldn't be that stupid that you didn't think something like that you didn't at least suspect right absolutely and then the fact that you like kind of allowed it or turned an eye away or whatever it's like yeah i just have no patience anymore for anybody who's like oh i didn't know it's like you were producing music with them you motherfucker yeah Yeah. you did they did And it was all time. Like, it takes a long time to make an album. Like, they said yeah. Oh, yeah. they went to the movies together when they needed to take a break. They had lunch together. Then they went back to the studio and they were alone. And so it's like, hmm. And then, like, it was like her mom. St- her mom was her vocal coach. Her cousin produced the soundtracks with her as well. Like, her dad was actively involved. Like, it's not like they just sent her off somewhere. This was her family around her while this was happening. But, I mean, as we learned from Britney Spears, you know what I mean? It's like, this is kind of something that's, yeah. it's not, not common. Yeah. This industry was not created by people with only the best intentions. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Let's shake some shit up. She remains amazing. I'm so glad that you chose her, Jupiter. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that info to us. Thank you for letting me, you know, dust yourself off and try again. That's in a that's a, that's one of her lyrics. Oh. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna listen to some, some songs after this. Next week on Broads, you should know. I am going to be talking about the world's first female film director and that is barely scratching the surface of all of the amazing things that she did so come on back next week to learn about alice guy blachet the first woman to direct a narrative feature film thank you for listening to this episode of broads you should know if you liked it go ahead and say hey i liked it in the comment section that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do very minimal effort all right thank you share it with a friend if you want to and uh if you got any hot spicy tea on what's what's going on with Aaliyah, like i don't know this might be a a, a long shot but let us know